Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And today we're going to be discussing Dead Snow and Overlord. I'm Mitch. Hello, I'm Merck. <laughs> and I'm Jonathan. So, uh, which movie do you want to discuss first, John? Uh, I think we should go into Dead Snow first. Yeah, let's do Dead Snow first. It's a little, it's a little less serious than Overlord was, and there's like not quite as much there. Yeah, I, I would say that that's exactly the same. That's exactly what I would say about it. It was a uh, super campy, <laughs> yeah. campy beyond all recognition. I mean, on their description, it's a comedy slash horror. Yeah, they like labeled it as such, and so you would know beforehand going into it. But it's, it was. Norwegian, Swedish. Norwegian is the language you're speaking. Yeah. Yeah. So it came out. This movie came out in 2009, but I was watching it. I was like, I feel like this is a 90s movie. I don't know why I felt that way watching it. Uh, I think it's because it it follows the 90s thing where they try to hit all the tropes and beats of any normal horror movie. Yeah, they started doing that right in the middle where I was like, this is back-to-back jokes and references to other movies. Did you watch a dub or a sub? Uh, The sub. Okay, so we wa- me and Murr <laughs> watched a dub. Oh, that must have sounded fucking terrible. It was, it was silly. It was very funny. That probably made it really weird. No, I watched a sub and it was like pretty intense at some moments. And then the rest was like, they really didn't talk that much. Like now I think about it, there's not much script there. Uh, in the beginning of the cabin, there's a lot, but after sort that, of. I mean, it, it kind of just fizzles out because uh, it's more action based in the middle of the movie. Right. Well, let's talk about that fucking intro. Very. Um, it reminded me a lot of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like the running. It, well, not no. Oh, oh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. I forgot about the intro with the girl running from all of the zombies. Well, yeah, yes. they're playing. In the hall of the Mountain King, along with, like, cuts of people running away in the yep. forest and dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where we meet one of our characters, Sarah, who is uh, running away from these things. I'll, I'll insert some of the music so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it's very <laughs> familiar. And it's it started off like one of those artsy films that, like, an indie movie would do and then it goes like right into them sitting in the car and you know what it reminded me of it reminds me of um oh you mean uh, the descent thank you it reminded yeah. me of the descent my favorite part about the intro with the running is you hear the in what's the song called the uh in the hall of the mountain king you hear in the hall of the mountain king and she like thinks that she's safe and she turns around and the music stops yeah it's like it's all in her head well it's not all in her head but it's like it just stops because we get her point of view. And it's like, there's, it's not a movie for her. It's just her it running away. It does break away from it, kind of like you're watching a, a stage play or something. It's interesting. And then it continues right as the uh, zombies get to her and rip out her guts. Guts. Yeah, that seemed to be really common. There was people always getting their intestines ripped out. Always. Like, a big fear. I mean, even one of the guys foreshadows that you'll get your guts ripped out. That was great because there's always that old man who's warning people yeah, in scary exactly. movies mm-hmm. and either survives or gets killed himself. Like, what was the old dude in, was it Piranha, that was trying to, like, warn everybody? Oh, yeah. Who, like, <laughs> lived in his little cabin on the side of the fucking lake. 
Yeah, and that's just, what he you reminds don't me go of. Up there. Right, right. That's what he felt like to me. I also like that he called them like fucking shitheads. He's like, "You rich little shitheads! I bet you didn't even investigate the area before you came up here." Rolls his uh, own fucking yeah. cigarette. Like, yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> you got any beer? Like, He's like, "Who yeah. made the coffee? You made the fucking coffee. Does it taste good? No." <laughs> and then shit. opens a yeah. beer and fucking starts drinking that and smokes because he's just like this is a fucking terrible coffee. <laughs> I like how she's like it's organic. Oh, they she really did, huh? Yeah, the she the, the Wook girl, the Wook girl. Oh my wook god, girl. dude, her hair was so fucking awful. <laughs> it was just a matted mess on top of her head. I didn't know what they were doing, but it was, <laughs> it was definitely <laughs> so. She's a Wookie. Yeah, yeah, for That's sure. The term. I mean, it goes into this scene where they're all driving down and talking about each other. Uh, there's four girls and four guys, supposedly, is what it's supposed to be. But Sarah, there was? Sarah is the one that was killed off in the intro. He is, she is the main character's uh, girlfriend. Girlfriend, right? So they ex- they take the turn or take the time to explain that she's like a very extreme person. Two of them looked too similar for me to make the distinction of like, oh, there's actually four people. Are you talking about the guys or the girls? The girls. Cause, yeah. Well, no, all the guys are like distinctly different. Yes. You got your normal fat guy. Who's like a huge movie nerd, apparently. Mm-hmm. Had a brain dead t-shirt on the whole time. <laughs> like, that's fucking great. And then makes like a Terminator reference. Makes it a reference to like another uh, horror film. And then they make a reference to Evil Dead. Like, they actually yep. say Evil Dead in the film, yeah. and then they have, like, their shed scene where they get armed and, like, uses a chainsaw, too. So they were calling back to a bunch of different horror movies. I like that character, uh, especially when uh, they're about to go up the trek for the mountain. First thing he does, please don't talk about movies. Please don't talk about movies. You guys want to play a game? Okay, what kind of movie can we – or what kind of movie do you think uh, – name a movie is what they say. Name a movie that has – uh, teens in it that go up to a cabin and they can't use their cell phones. Yeah. And they start naming shit. They're like Friday 13th. <laughs> and they're like, wait, th- there were no cell phones during the eighties. Right. It's like, does that count? And then, uh, the girl who has somewhat of an interest in him actually references a movie. On- well, I mean, they do have sex at one point, <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> which is like the grossest scene. Cause they're like in an outhouse. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like the worst. So I don't, so I have to, this is the only part. This is one of those parts to me. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rest of the zombies. I could totally run with the zombies, but you're telling me that this dude got hard in the middle of the fucking snow in an outhouse smelling like shit. Just done no. with pooping. No, <laughs> there's no way that dude got it up. Like he didn't even wipe his ass. Like he's not, there's was, no way a sex scene was happening in the cold like that. What the fuck? We're introduced to that character. We're introduced to our main character who drives the snowmobile. I don't know his name. He like sews his fucking neck back together and yeah. tapes it. And then just keeps going. That was weird. He uses like fishing line and a hook yeah. to get his line, and then uses duct tape to hold it all together afterwards. I like how he gets frustrated. He's like, "No, fuck this!" and just resorts to the duct tape. I mean, he sort of does it a little bit. Wait, so they get to they have to like walk over to the cabin, right? Yeah. So the our main character he decides I'm gonna take the snowmobile up there. I'll warm up the cabin, warming up the house, and I'll unpack your bags. That way, everything settles in. You guys, it's just like a couple, like two or three mile hike up the mountain yeah they said it, it would take them like 45 minutes to walk so if you can figure out the math for that you'll know how far they walked <laughs> because they are walking like regular pace got there 45 minutes and then they're like what should we do and they just start doing like drinking and fucking playing on the what are those things the little sleds 
that are attached to the, oh, the snowmobile. Uh, uh, I, I, no, it's not. They're not toboggans. That's not the correct no. term. Oh, the uh, like the inflatable, yeah. the inflatable donuts. The donuts. Yeah, yeah there you go. Playing on the donuts. I thought for sure someone was gonna get thrown off, but that did not. It happen. looked like so much fun, though. I have to say, that looked like a blast. It was a completely different movie for like 15 minutes. Yep. You're like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> then they were having a snowball fight. Have you guys ever seen Ghost Ship? Uh, no, I need it's like to. the intro to Ghost Ship. You oh. watch it and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, it's super nice. They're all having a good time on this fancy boat, and then the fucking line goes straight across and cuts everyone in half. And you're like, "Yep, here's the horror movie. It's great." <laughs> it cuts everyone in half, and then the little girl who's dancing with her dad watches her dad like fall in half, and then just freaks out. Oh. Need to watch this movie. That now. movie's fucked up. <laughs> I heard that movie's not so great too, though. Uh, no, it's not really that good. It's just, it was more for those scenes where you're like, oh, this is like, it was like watching Resident Evil when the dude gets chopped in the little bits mm-hmm. in that hallway. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, remember when the grid shows up? Oh. The, uh, I mean, I mean, I know I, I mistook the intro. I forgot about the intro we were going to discuss, but the intro when they're driving up there reminded me of something like, like uh, how Texas Chainsaw starts where they're all just hanging out in the car on their yes, way someplace. Yeah. It kind of just, it's kind of like that. Or I think evil, even Evil Dead's like that too, I think. Literally, it's Evil Dead, The Descent. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, there's a bunch of other ones that start off just like that. A group of people in a car going somewhere. And that's how they all started off. And that one reminds me a lot of The Descent. And then, of course, they the ones that they mentioned, it reminds me of Evil Dead and things like that. Yeah, they basically reference every movie that they're going to rip off. Any movie that's, like, in the cabin in the woods <laughs> yes. is what they're referencing. So including it's, Cabin in the Woods. Including Cabin in the Woods, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Cabin Fever, Cabin in the Woods, Evil Dead, like, all of that shit. And they're definitely making references to it. He even makes a Terminator reference at one point where he, like, talks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he's like, I'll be back. And he just says that. <laughs> that's what he, I think that's when he goes out to shit, actually. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they do. They start having all their fun. And then what happens after that? Uh, they're having their fun. They're getting settled in. They're drinking. They're playing games and listening to music. And one of the chicks goes out to use the restroom. And then they find the old man peeping. Or she sees him in the distance. Yeah. And he runs away. And at first, you think it's going to be a zombie. Oh, that's right. He shows up at the front of the door, like right behind the other dude. I don't remember his name. Yeah, they well, all have strange names. He had like black hair and was like supposed to be one of the tough dudes. Yeah. So you are introduced to this old man character and he just seems like he's on his way. And then I like to call these guys the exposition characters because then he just yeah. drops some knowledge. for The whole dudes. fucking story about the, the Nazi group that was out there. Uh, about their Nazi commander who went to drive them into the snow, uh, sorry, into the snow. And then they buried a lot of Nazi gold and treasure within these mountains. Yeah. And apparently that was like their goal. They were trying to get all of it back. Yeah. It was very, uh, what's that movie? Pirates of the Caribbean when they're collecting yeah, exactly. all of the gold. Yeah, exactly. The undead from... army that is bound to the gold. Yeah. They were definitely doing something like that. And then he tells this whole story about how this, uh, uh, Nazi, uh, I don't even know what, what commander. to call it. Yeah, the commander and his men, they knew that they were losing the war in this area, and they knew the Russians were going to show up at some point. So they tried to steal everything from all the villagers and then take it somewhere else. But I guess some of these villagers decided to fight back against them. Correct. Yeah. And then uh, this is important exposition because after 
we're introduced to this character and he shits on the coffee and drinks his beer and smokes his cigarette. Uh, they leave and the fat guy actually uh, cracks open, crack opens a beer, but then finds the said gold in the little crawl space. Yeah, where he was house. getting the beer from. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny because it's one of those uh, Pulp Fiction moments. Where it's they like grab light it. is coming out of it, this <laughs> golden light. It's like shining all over their faces like uh, Marcellus Wallace. It's really good. I fucking love that scene in both movies. They're like, oh, they all surrounding it as it opens up, and it's this bright golden light that hits their faces. Yeah. And it's just like, it looks like the cheapest jewelry you've ever seen. Like, they just got extra shit from like the 99 <laughs> cent store and put it in a box. <laughs> it never looks like real jewelry. They even had like those fake earrings that you kind of just like clip onto your ears. That's what they had there for the dudes that were putting it on. So that was interesting. Now, there was a coin that they mentioned that was, like, really old. And I was wondering why the hell they decided to mention the year on it. Because it was, like, 1492, I think. And I was like, I feel like that's a specific reference to something. So I have to look it up at some point. 1492? You mean yeah. sure it's not 1942? Maybe it was mixed up. Yeah, because that be would have been World War That would have been World War Two. So that would be when you're when you've got your – that's the Nazis – in general also because it was 1492 you're talking about when columbus sailed the ocean blue oh is that what that shit yeah. is damn they stuck that in my head yeah, first of all fuck that, christopher columbus yeah no. that conditioning though yeah anyway so um oh, but no. yeah Thanks. so they have they have the those United years States they have those years system. on the coin he finds the box and then what happens the girl uh, the, goes out or uh, they think it's kind of weird and they're, they're kind of hyped on the jewelry. And then we... Uh... Well, yeah, because they want to pay off their debts because they're all med students. Right. They're all, they're all medical school, and they obviously owe a lot of money. And then there's the one dude who is, like, afraid of blood. And he's a medical student. And he's student. a medical student, so he's not doing well. <laughs> um, they had such weird pairings in this movie, though. I believe one of the girls, she's really freaking out about Sarah. Like, she's like, I really need to know where she went. I really need to find her. Right. And uh, it it takes a turn and it makes our main character get on his snowmobile and look for his girlfriend in the dark, in the middle of the snow. Yes, and that's, he does. And that's when it cuts to the old man in his little camper, in his little tent, uh, all by himself in this giant wasteland of snow, just chilling. That was such a good scene, though. It he was, gets out and oof. the only thing you can see is what his flashlight is pointing at. So you just get that really limited view of what's around him. It was really scary because there's a giant cloud over his tent area. Yeah. But not to the left side of, like, the mountain. No. So, like, if he would have moved his tent to where moonlight was, it would have been fine. But with the cloud, it's complete darkness. And you see our first Nazi zombie, and it gets him real fucking good. It wasn't even anyone important. It was just, like, some random zombie that rolled up on him. I thought it was going to be like the commander or something, but nope. Just some rando. Also, what the fuck is he doing out there? What is this old man doing out there? He doesn't even explain what he's doing. Yeah. I was, I was the hermitous old man. I was really wondering that he has a full on tent, a gun, everything, a setup for, you know, a lone wanderer, but he doesn't explain why. Super weird. I was hoping he would survive a little longer, but 
He did not. He got fucking eaten. <laughs> the scenes where the guys using the snowmobile going up and down like some X Games kind of fucking dude. Okay. Yeah. Super intense. We gotta talk about the music that they use in this fucking movie. It's like it's like Norwegian punk rock yeah, or something like yeah. that. It's super great. I love it. <laughs> they would always do like some crazy guitar riff right when they were doing all the action sequences and they just kept doing it over and over again. And yeah. some of them are in English. Oh, okay, gotcha. A yeah, lot of them sound like they were Norwegian. But there though. is a good amount in Norwegian, yeah. The very last song, I think, is in English. Okay. And I was like, what the fuck is this song? I was trying to figure it out, go find the soundtrack for it. It's also good to discuss one of the first things that they talked about in the car. Uh, how to survive an avalanche is to spit. So and relevant to the movie. The direction of your spit, if it goes the opposite way, then you need to dig the opposite direction so you could get right. out of the avalanche. Because if you yeah. get taken up and thrown around, you don't know which way is up. Yeah, you'll see where gravity's pulling your spit, essentially. So then you'll know which way's up. That was super interesting. And he talks about how I guess it was like the the I guess the Russian soldiers would say that, or just like or soldiers in general would say that. Uh, he was in the army, I guess. Before ah, that makes sense. Uh, that dude who's on the snowmobile. He uh, mentions that he was in the army at some point and then got out. I guess. Kind of irrelevant to the, even the story because it doesn't even come up unless you're talking hand-to-hand combat near the end of the film. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they do have another scene where that girl is buried underneath the snow, and that was a good shot because it starts upside down, and oh, then yeah. it twists to like the uh, the right direction. Really claustrophobic shot, actually, too. Right. She's just, there's this little bit of snow just around her face. That's cool. They must have like packed in snow around the camera lens mm-hmm. and then just did that shot and twisted it as they were doing the shot. It's a it's little tiny good pocket shot. of air. It's like light. what they did for um, that movie with Ryan Reynolds where he's like buried in a coffin. What they did is just they just had half a coffin on the side, and that's how they shot it. They did the camera oh, right, wow, like, right okay. up next to it. So he's not actually in a coffin. He's just like in an opening. I still need to see that, actually. It's a pretty good movie. It is definitely going to mess with your claustrophobia if you have it. <laughs> so one of the girls uses the bathroom and she like nicks her arm coming out of it or something. And then she gets treated by the guy who's super afraid of blood. No, the, the, she cuts her hand while they're cooking. Oh, yeah. and But the she, dude, the, the big dude goes out to the to the restroom and then she goes out and that's when they hook up in the outhouse which is like the gnarly scene and then he leaves her there to finish up and then that's when the zombies show up oh and it must be fucking terrifying to like see a zombie through a tiny crack in an uh, old crappy outhouse. yeah it's funny though because he like yanks her into like the shit part <laughs> where like all of the fucking poo and, and fucking pee is and she like falls in there and then like bursts out of it like fucking gasping and you could see like she's steaming because because <laughs> the dude just took a shit so it's like it's steaming all on her face and shit and so she runs out of the damn outhouse and, and like is screaming for help but they don't hear her because the music is on really loud and then one of the girls is like wait shut up and like turns it off and then they realize that she's fucking screaming um and then so- they go outside and the fucking zombie like tackles her <laughs> Yeah, she gets tackled right before anyone could see her. And then yeah. that's when the white girl that cut her hand is freaking out about Sarah. So then she's like, where the fuck is Sarah? We need to find her. And then they send the other guy out there on the snowmobile. This is when you finally see Sarah. Or no, no, no. You don't see Sarah. You see the girl who just got fucking fucked up, who was in the shitter. You see her head. 
in the window peering out. She's like, oh my God, there she is. There's yeah, my friend. she's fine. And then it's a fucking hand holding her head. <laughs> it's a fucking zombie just like going at it. And uh, this is where the movie starts with its zombie Yeah, attacks. it like breaks through the window and grabs her by the hair and just starts trying to drag her out. And then they cut her hair so that she can escape. And then uh, the guy with the shotgun shoots it. And that's how it kind of starts. And then they just start breaking in all the entrances to start killing people. Forgot to mention that uh, when Fat Boy went out there to go get some puss, he dropped a fucking gold coin uh, on the snow. So that's what really triggered uh, the. I was wondering if that was it. It was yeah. like they knew that this area had the gold that they were looking yeah, for. Yeah, because they're attached to it. They're bound to this gold. Also, seems. let's talk about the the weird CGI, not CGI, like practical effects for the dude getting his head like ripped open. <laughs> and he's getting pulled through the window. Oh, yeah. What are they? Uh, is that when they rip him apart? No, no, that's the last guy. Oh, yes, yes. That's sure. when they grab him by, like, all the limbs. But the other guy, they pull through the window, and then oh, they, they, like, decapitate they him. gouge his eyes out, and then they just rip his head apart. And then you see a brain, like, splat on the ground. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it cuts right to that. It doesn't oh, even God. show it's anything so, else. so good. Yeah, it's like a, a steaming brain that hits the ground. It's so funny. The thing is, with a lot of uh, effects in horror movies, it's trying to make something seamless, or something that looks that's not seamless look seamless. And with this practical effect, you could see the fake head that they use in a split second. Oh, yeah. It's like a weird clay thing that they end up just ripping apart. Like, you, you notice it really well because it, it just doesn't transition that well. But it, right. it does the effect well, like with the blood and guts and brain. Oh, yeah. I thought it was good, too. I, but can we talk about how fucking strong these zombies are? Yeah. What the fuck? Super strong. Ripping limbs off, tearing this dude's head apart. Like, they're why are they so strong? The throwing people across the snow and just like just having immense strength makes them really scary, scary zombies. If yeah, they're that powerful. these are usually, like. I mean, usually zombies have super strength. Also, a lot, a lot of the time, I've I've seen like I'm it's too been, used to like the Walking Dead zombies that are like falling just, apart. Yeah, exactly. Which is a different. I mean, the the depiction of zombies has been different from film to film. Totally. So in this one, they're totally doing like the really strong. Twenty eight days later, shit. Yeah, like, kind of. What is it? World War Z. Yeah, where they're I think like that. fucking all like charging at you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could also argue that all of these zombies were military as well so uh, okay that you could also argue that if they're you wanted all to. well trained yeah they exactly. also but i'm pretty sure they could talk right i don't i don't remember or is that is that only the commander yeah i think the commander just does a cry or a scream yeah or he has a lines. shriek that could summon, summon other zombies, zombies. Yeah, yeah he's a snow. necromancer apparently yeah <laughs> it's, it's great though it's it's super it, it's great it makes them really villainous too yeah it really adds it adds it gives them more more clout as like a scary monster in this movie as well. If it's able to summon more of them, that's makes it even worse. Really amps up the climax of the film. I like the claustrophobic tension of the cabin. It's, oh yeah. Just being in the little area. I, like, I swear it's the same cabin they use in like every other movie. Yeah. Right. It's I, always that same setup. My favorite part is when they all go in the kitchen and they just start handing out knives, like fucking cookies. Oh, right, yeah. They're like, time to get fucking armed. And they do like a quick cut of them like just grabbing knives and handing them to each other. Yeah, like I'm like, oh, this, th these people are somewhat smart and somewhat capable. Okay. It's true, yeah. They were immediately like, it's time to start fucking killing these things. Yep. Because really usually you have a bunch time. of people freaking out and not grabbing stuff. Just right. putting 
door uh, or they just up run outside doors. for no reason like are they just freaking out having an anxiety attack in the middle of the room oh pretty much that's almost always what happens there's always those. at least one character like oh fuck we're gonna die man <laughs> um so it shows them kind of like survive the night so i guess it's four of them right that survived the night mm-hmm. because one dude and one girl gets killed and then the other guy who had left already, it cuts to him and the tent he finds where he finds the old man. Yeah. He's like, hey, is anyone out here? Opens the tent. Which is the mo- that the way the body was set up was way too funny. They should not have done it that way. <laughs> he, it just looked like a weird rubbery, like, surprise face on him. And he's, like, sit up. He's, like, propped up for some reason when, like, he wasn't left like that <laughs> in the last scene. Like, he was, like, getting ripped apart. Anyway, it was a weird scene. His guts are ripped out, though. You yep. see his intestines. Yeah, it's all like... <laughs> I lo- That just makes me think of the other part where they used the zombie's intestines as, like, rope. <laughs> He's, like, hanging Machete off the cliff. Style. Yeah, exactly. He's, like, hanging off the cliff. And, uh, dude, that guy is gnarly. He That's the first time I've ever seen someone bite a zombie. <laughs> He's like, fuck you, and, like, bit a piece off. Yeah, and spits it out <laughs> Spits afterwards. it out. It's, like, all full. His I mouth is like, just full oh, of that shit. No, that's gross, man. Don't do that. That's not sanitary. Yeah. So he finds the secret Nazi base underneath the snow. Yeah, he does. He finds, like, graves, too, where, like, they're kind of un... They, like, broke out of them, and then the Nazi flag and everything. I'm me and Mitch were discussing this. There were weapons in there that he could have used. I know. I was really mad. He well, he picked up. He picked up one of them. He what? got the machine gun. Yeah, he got the big oh, ass okay. machine gun. I don't okay, know what if, that one's called though. One, uh, it's like a Browning. Machine yeah, the gun, Browning machine gun. That one is the only one that I'm really proud of. I mean, personally, I would have grabbed that MP40 though. Yeah, because that thing's fucking tight. I probably would have grabbed that one too and just put it on I, the I don't, side or something. What I don't understand is why he didn't grab it immediately and load that shit. Because I mean, you know, there's zombies around. You know that shit's not good it could be an old ass gun and it won't work yeah and then he sees his decapitated girlfriend's Girlfriend. head i like it's so dramatic like have you ever what's the game have you ever guys played uh metal slug yeah you remember yes. like the cut scenes where they would show fucked up bodies like that that's what it looked like to me because like the <laughs> the mouth is like spried open with the tongue hanging out yeah and, and i'm like that's exactly what those dead bodies in metal slug look like <laughs> and they're like 32 bits that's what it reminds me of. i was like what the fuck and then he like recognized her too and i was like how the fuck do you recognize someone like that it must be her yeah exactly the face is so warped i was like i couldn't even tell that was the original girl but whatever yeah he seems to be fine about it he really doesn't give a fuck he's like i gotta survive and like get out of here and then wax whatever is behind him the zombie with his fucking torch Mm -hmm. and then just gets tossed out of that hole somehow yeah just casually punched out of the fucking grave just literally like uppercut it out of there and just flies through it it was really great me and mitch were talking about how strong these zombies are like he literally just got punted and like a fucking yeah, soccer ball that was fucking weird the only time i could think of zombies that were that strong was in 28 days later mm-hmm. when they're just like they are breaking down doors, climbing up shit. Like that's probably the scarier version. Although maybe the slow ones are more scary for some people because they're like never gonna give up. They just yeah. always, always following you. And that's I think what the the Walking Dead gets at. Yeah, is that they're always around. I mean, Walking Dead is I think more so like the the zombies become more of a natural threat to them, like weather or something along those lines, where the humans have to survive. 
this and it deals more so with the conflict among humans than it does because eventually they figure out how to handle the zombies not really they're not a big issue they're an issue but not as big as the other humans around them did you have you seen the season where people are like hiding among the zombies no, I have not like seen a, There's that like one. a whole camp that does it's that, It's fucking right? crazy. So, oh, okay. yeah, you should get to that shit. Okay. The first time I saw it, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, are they, do they just start talking to each other? But it's really just like people hiding. Like they put fucking zombie faces on and then walk with the zombies and like direct them places. Oh, it's so fucking weird. Yeah, Damn. it's fucking weird. It, it gets real weird at that point. I will say fast zombies are just terrifying. Yeah, full rage zombies. But, like, the originals were very slow. Like, oh, the ones yeah. that Romero came up with, who's probably, like, the person who made the zombie film. And his version were very slow. And then the newer ones, he made them, like, faster. He, like, updated it. You ever see Return of the Living Dead? Yes. Wait, uh, is that the one in the mall? No, that's Dawn of the Dawn Dead. Of the, okay, this is not a Romero film. Yeah, which one is Re- that one? The Return of the Living Dead. I'll give you a quick synopsis. We're going to be talking about this uh, in 2020. Hell yeah. Uh, but... Basically, they they reference uh, Dawn of the or the original Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. So they're like, "Hey, you saw that movie, The Night of the Living Dead, right?" <laughs> well, it's true. And uh, basically, we have those containers that couldn't hold the zombies in our uh, in our mortuary oh, in the shit. basement. So then they go downstairs and they release this chemical. He's like, "These are army grade chemicals, army grade tanks. Nothing could get through them." He hits it real quick. And the fucking gas comes out, and that's what's holding the zombies captive inside these tanks. It gets into the ventilation system. The whole entire mortuary wakes up. So then they start hacking them to pieces, and they throw everything in the fire. But then the fire evaporates into the rain, and the rain comes down, and it it opens up the graveyards and cemeteries. So basically, everyone's just getting their brains eaten. Holy shit. And that's the thing with... It's it's a really good movie, and uh, those zombies are really strong and really fast, and even skeletons come out of the ground as well. It's just anything that was dead is living. They have a taxidermy cat that's used for like science, uh, like anatomy, and then like that half of a cat is alive too. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, that reminds me of uh, like Army of Darkness. Where yeah, it, like the angry skeletons. It's, <laughs> it's like really over the top and fun, and I can't wait to talk about that movie. Hell yeah. Um, but those zombies, they have some strength as well, though. They could knock down doors. They could use tools. That's the thing that happened in this movie, too. The zombies eventually, like, were using, like, hand items uh, in one part of the movie, I believe. Uh, Which part are you talking about? I believe one of them gets hit with a crowbar. Not a crowbar. They get hit with something. Uh, they also have grenades on them, but they don't use those. Yeah, they have, like, pipe bombs. Yeah. Well, yeah. old school, like... Uh, oh no grenades. you're right yeah i can't remember what they're called but like it had one end is the grenade and then you have like a stick attached to it so you can toss it yeah they it's kind of weird when you see zombies use hand tools and like can like it is speak weird. to each other uh land of the dead had it where zombies were learning how to use machine guns and oh. that's terrifying on Man, its own that's some planet terror shit yeah but <laughs> if you haven't seen return of the living dead go watch that shit it's a good Hell movie yeah. We're going to be talking about it in 2020, and I'm really excited for us to be talking about that one. So the guy gets punted. He gets punted, and then that's when he, like, has to fight a few of them and, like, make his escape. But at the same time, the group of four, they decide to split up. So the two girls go off to try to find the car. Mm -hmm. And then the other two guys stay behind to start fighting these guys. And this is when they have their evil dead shed 
scene where they arm themselves. Yeah. And there's definitely a chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> the chainsaw comes out. The guy grabs the hammer and the sickle. Yep. And does <laughs> so he does sick. like the symbol like before yeah, hitting them. Legit doing the common communist yeah, symbol for communist sure. Russia so symbol. It's yeah. Really, yeah, that one's pretty legit. I love that. And then they just go fucking ham. They just are like killing all these zombies and you think it's going to be all right cuz they are able to kill a whole bunch. And then the dude gets bit on his oh. arm. He gets bit on his arm, and he's like, wait. He told us not to ever get bit, and then just saws off his own arm. And he he does it fine. He even burns his the wound, so he cauterizes. That was nowhere near hot enough for him to cauterize it, but I'll accept it. And then He the, just, like, lit something on fire and then let it sit for, like, two seconds before dipping his arm in it. This is part of the movie where it's like, all right, comedy is whatever, like our rules or whatever. We're just going to kill a bunch of zombies and have fun with well, it. Well, he even says it. He's like, don't get bit. And then he's like, cuts off his arm and then he gets bit in the dick. Right. Immediately after, like a zombie yeah. just pops out from the, from the bottom snow. of the snow. And, and then, then he, he he contemplates too. Yeah. He fucking starts. Well, he starts socking the shit out of that zombie first. And then he's just like, oh, like, do I have to cut my dick off? And then the other guy's like, no, don't, no, don't do it, man. Like, he's like, he's, gotta he's looking at the chainsaw and looking at it like right. very meaningfully. Like, I don't think that you should do that. Um, while that is happening, the two girls, one of them gets killed and she decides to pull one of the pipe bombs off of, the, yeah. the Nazis and just yeah. goes out with the like, huge fucking she's bang. She's watching them eat her. Yo, that's right. She yeah. wakes up and is like, I guess they're eating her, but she has such like blurry vision. And then mm-hmm. it finally clears up and she realizes they're like just eating her intestines. And then she's like, fuck this. I'm going to blow everybody up. Yeah. And then she just blows all of them up. It's pretty great. And then in the background, you have the explosion. You yeah. see the zombies flying out. Yeah. The side. All the Super pieces. Comical. <laughs> and then the other girl gets cornered on a cliff edge. And they take a tumble down, and I guess she survives because of the snow. She starts the avalanche herself. She, she, she starts, purposely, yeah, yeah. She purposely starts the avalanche and falls down. With I assumed it. that she was like, I hope I hit some snow. I'll be chill. Yeah, exactly. Which she does. Yeah, and that's when you get that, that claustrophobic scene we were discussing where it's uh, kind of just centered on her face and she's surrounded in snow. Right. She's got like snot dripping from her nose, so you can tell like which way is up. So you actually get to use like what they told you earlier in the film. And then it like switches so that she's actually there and she just like bursts out of the snow. And I guess she finds her way back over to where those guys are fighting and accidentally gets killed. Yeah. Very much the descent where yeah, she accidentally yeah. kills her friend. Yep. He accidentally kills his girlfriend and just oh, axes yeah. her in the neck. Yeah. She like, she doesn't say anything. She just taps him on the shoulder, gets it to yeah, the Yeah. Why head. the fuck are you running up to somebody swinging an axe and yeah. just like touch them on the shoulder? Like, say some shit. What the fuck? Yep. But that's that's how it goes, though. And he's super sad because he killed his girlfriend. This is the dude that's supposedly afraid of blood, right? Yeah, he's yeah. over that shit now. Yeah, he's over it now. Yeah. He's, he's covered, covered in it. it. Yeah, <laughs> he lost his glasses too. He's just like he, he's really mad. Well, they're both so that she dies, and then the more zombies show up, and they're like, "All right, let's do this." And then right before they're about to like run into them, the guy with the snowmobile shows up with the fucking machine gun attached to it and just mows them all down, <laughs> jumps in front. And then they all have this battle for like a couple minutes. Yeah. And then I thought, I thought this guy was going to survive all the way through. Yeah, exactly. Uh, were, there were some pretty good kills after he brought the machine gun out, right? He like, Oh yes. The snow. Can yes. you talk about that one? He kills like three different zombies with his snowmobile. Yep. <laughs> He, like, like, decapitates one, one, and then he has the super specific one where he, like, bunts their leg and then backs up on their face. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
he places the snowmobile onto its face and then just runs the tracks and then you could see all the guts splaying out from one side <laughs> and he just does that twice like he gets one of the other ones with the arms stuck in it and then he turns it on again and he gets pulled into it as it's like grinding up his arm mm-hmm. so he does that a few times but he does not survive oh. they they like stab him a few times and then they grab him like by each limb and just. It's rip actually apart. such a good. It's such a good scene because they all stab him and then they all like go off at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The the zombies you use tools in this movie. Yeah, they use yeah. knives, which is fucking weird. They have swords. They also <laughs> decided to just rip him apart for no reason. Yeah, all oh. his legs and arms and everything. They yep. just rip all of it. And off. then you could tell they were just holding like fake body yeah. <laughs> parts at one point yeah it was really weird i really like that uh effect though the, was, the scene was great i loved it i, loved I was the scene, looking though. at mitch i was just like oh they're gonna fucking do it they're gonna, yeah, oh. they're gonna go, oh they did it <laughs> yep rip that guy apart and then this is where the two guys they're low on ammo they're looking kind of scared well they were pretty confident at one point because they thought they were gonna kill all of them and they thought it was just oh, the commander yes. left. And then he does his like crazy war cry. And all these fucking zombies come up from the snow. So many. That's when uh, one of them gets killed. Yeah, he gets smacked in the head with a hammer. And then he accidentally runs into a tree that guts him. And mm-hmm. this guy's on the run. He's our final survivor. And that's when he realizes about the gold. Oh, this is the guy that cut his arm off earlier. Yeah, he yeah. remembers the story about the gold. So then he's going and returning to the house and he digs through the ashes and rubble of the house that burned down, by the way, forgot to mention that, um, and finds the box and just, they take the presents it to them and they're cool with that. And then he runs away and then gets to the car somehow. He somehow finds the cars, gets in, gets really mad that his seatbelt is not going like when it locks Mm -hmm. and he just keeps pulling on it. (laughs) And he finally goes and then he drops a gold coin out of his pocket and realizes that he's fucked (laughs) (laughs) because the zombie shows up next to his car and just breaks through the window. And that's the end of the movie. It was, it was making me really mad that he was even trying to attempt to use the seatbelt. That was so funny. Like I was just like, dude, you don't have another arm to help you. Like you're obviously, Right, just missing his whole shit's, fucking arm. Shit's been going down. Just drive your car. But, you know, it was for the ending, and I understand it's that. It's enjoyable. I think the movie deserves its, like, 60% Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah, it's just fun. It's just a fun gore fest yeah. for the most part. Nothing too deep here. It's only, on like, an hour one. and a half, too. It really yeah. wasn't that long. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Good, perfect movie time. Yeah. Um, I will say that this is 2009, and this is one year directly after... Uh, Call of Duty World at War came out and Nazi zombies was a thing. <laughs> so that's when people were like, oh, you know what? A Nazi zombie movie. I'm okay with that. People really, really like movies where Nazis get killed. Oh, yep. absolutely. This is like, this is why you play like Wolfenstein and stuff like that. Yep. Every, oh, that's your only goal is to kill zombies, either to kill zombies or to kill Nazis or kill Nazi zombies. <laughs> right. It was like one of those three and you end up doing and that I remember distinctively being in middle school because that's when i was around this age trying to find a stream of this that was in english because i loved the world at war zombies and uh it's still a staple of the call of duty series today it's one of the modes you can play right yeah correct they they keep making different changes different characters and all kinds of crazy stuff but the the base is the same nazi zombies or zombies I mean, they've had all kinds of different flavors. It's of like it. a multi-level like survival, right? You just survive as long as you can. 
Yeah. They have guns that you can buy, upgrades, and all this other kind of convoluted stuff that gets more intense as the games progress. I think, uh, I can't remember which one it was, but there was a version of it where you could get a ray gun. <laughs> oh, all of them. Oh, you can still do that? All, like, yeah, yeah all, all, all of the Nazi zombie uh, modes have ray guns. And that's the crazy part about it, because it wasn't intentionally supposed to be in the game. Right. They did it so, hey, the people that complete the story mode, why don't we just start them on this weird survival thing where they just kill Nazi zombies? And they're like, we'll do rounds, we'll have guns, we'll have really fun stuff. And it wasn't supposed to be in the in the game, but they put it in there as shits and giggles. And that was more buying, uh, buying power than the actual game itself. So people were only buying World at War just because it had Nazi yep. zombies on it. Yeah, exactly. And so I think the hype and demand for a Nazi zombie movie a year later was what was happening. And that's why Dead Snow was made, probably. What year did uh, The Walking Dead come out? Do you guys know? That was like 2010, I believe. Yeah, Just it two was, years later. Yeah, exactly. I remember it premiered on Halloween. And I remember watching the first season of it ever. And I thought, I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is a good show. Left for Dead as well. Yeah. That's the thing. They had Left for Dead in the there in was, the games. There was a big zombie resurgence for people within the 2010s and early uh, late uh, early 2000s. Well, yeah, they were still making like the new Dawn of the Dead movies and stuff like that. I'm not a fan of remakes. Yeah, I didn't like those either. <laughs> it was all right. The new one had uh, the new one. I think had like Vin Ving Rhames in it. I think. Romero was still making movies on his own. He had Survival, Land, and Diary of the Dead, which is the other trilogy of... of he the, did Land of, of the Dead? Of the Dead series, yes. Oh, shit. I didn't know he did that one. That was a good one. Is that the one where they uh, are, like, held up in a building and they end up having to, like, move areas? They, like, soup up their cars? Yeah, that's the thing. It's, like, an entire city. Yeah. And they have this giant souped up tank and they go from area to area. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. That's that's the movie that I was referring to where there's one hive mind zombie where he controls oh, all right. of them. And he eventually learns how to use automatic uh, machine guns. So like not only are zombies bad, but zombies with machine guns are really bad. And if you watch that movie, mo zombies with machine guns that are on fire are really fucking bad too. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that definitely sounds like some video game level where you have to get past all this shit. Uh, overall, I, what did you guys think of Dead Snow, though? Uh, I think it's worth the watch. You should go and watch a weird movie like this. Uh, don't expect too much out of it. I went into it watching it like no expectations. I just knew it was like kind of a cult film. And then, uh, well, I would originally watched it before, but I hadn't seen it in a while. So watching it again, I was like, oh, yeah. They had all this shit in it, so it's enjoyable. It deserves its score, but I don't know if I'd ever watch it again after this. Yeah, I, I had I had fun with Dead Snow. There was a lot of good, a lot of good gory kills and whatnot in it, and it's just a fun movie. All the references and everything. You know that the person that made this movie obviously loved all the movies that they're referencing, but it was very much like like John said. It pretty much deserves its. I would say like a sixty percent is pretty pretty good for a movie anyway yeah i wouldn't have rated it a bad movie I, applicable I, to this one i have to agree on that i think it is a product of what mitch was saying a product of love for the genre and zombies in general yeah they um, did just enough references to make it uh relevant to the, like the genre it was trying to fit into for me it seems like the guy was just trying to make a, a fun movie that can be enjoyed and not really taken more than that just at face value something that is fun and lighthearted, and it's kind of funny 
They got some good comedy moments. Very lighthearted, very comical. Uh, which is in complete contrast to Overlord. <laughs> I really, really fucking liked Overlord. So we should move right into talking about Overlord. Uh, let's talk about the opening fucking scene, <laughs> which is just a plane coming apart and him tumbling all the way down into the water and that follows him the entire fucking way. Oh, dude. Okay, so that's the thing. When I was watching it and seeing the Overlord uh, logo, as all these planes over Europe are going into it, I was getting really hyped, and uh, I never saw this movie in theaters, but it came out, did it come out this year or last year? Uh, I think the year before. Okay. And I definitely saw it in theaters, and it was fucking intense. <laughs> this <laughs> like, entire intro is holy insane, Holy shit. You man. have no, like, there's no, like, so, uh, like soft intro. They're not going to give you a mission briefing. It's just, like, they're on a plane, and then they're like, oh, everything's going to be chill, haha, and, like, joking around a little bit, and then the fucking plane gets shot. And all of these holes start showing up, people falling out, and they're like, you got to bail now, and they fucking throw everybody out with their parachutes and everything. Yeah, so we're introduced to our main character, uh, Boy- yep. Boy- Boyan? I think or so. Something like that, Boys. Boys. Yeah. His name is Boys. He is an African-American. Uh, he, it's kind of rare to see African-American people in World War II movies or World War I movies Yeah, to be well. given the main role and right. the protagonist of this one, he really is the, like, the main character for the most of the movie, I'd say. Him and the other guy who he kind of becomes friends with. We're quickly introduced to a little bit of people. We have the photographer. We have the corporal who doesn't like to take shit from anybody and will put people in their place. <laughs> we have uh, the, the Jewish friend. Right. And we have the... The baseball player from Jersey who's going to fucking start shit with everybody because he's the shit talker, you know? Yeah, so they, they immediately start off with the with the tropes of making the archetypes, especially for the American characters, and bring them all together uh, after this, their planes get shot down. So they kind of regroup on the ground. Yeah, and I, I, I got to keep talking about that intro, man. It's yeah, just fucking crazy. Well, so you get – so it starts with them in the plane – and you get sort of like uh like the gunfire ripping through the like the place that they're sitting. So you see guys get shredded like yeah. right next to them. It takes place on D Day also. Yes. So they're storming the beaches of Normandy. So And this is a different area, I think. Yeah, I yeah. I, I believe it I believe they are just flying over Normandy. They're gonna be going into France. That's it. Yeah, because and that's yeah. why you meet a lot of French speaking yep. folks there. So and then I isn't isn't Normandy in, in France? Isn't that I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty yeah. sure yeah. Normandy I'm is in I'm France. I'm bad with geography. So, so but yeah, same. But I believe that if you were to watch Saving Private Ryan and this movie, all the Saving Private Ryan stuff's happening on the beach <laughs> while yeah. they're in the air. Yes. Dealing yeah. with and because part of They're uh, a little bit inland, yeah. Part of that one was taking care of the anti aircraft that was on the ground. Part of uh, Saving Private Ryan was that, but that's a totally different movie. But in this one, I I really liked Overlord, first of all. But they definitely they get a do a good job of setting up the characters and it happens very similarly to how dead snow begins where it's just everyone in a vehicle going to the destination and getting to know who the characters are. I will say the first time I saw this movie, I thought the commander was Dave Chappelle. <laughs> he looks like him so much. I was like, is this Chappelle? Like, yeah. Has, uh, I'm not going to lie. It does kind of look like him. Tooth, he's tall. You know, I was just like, this is fucking, no, it's not Dave Chappelle. Okay. That's funny. Um, but he's talking about don't go yet. Only go when the lights green. Cause that's when they're allowed to go. And then you see them open the door and you witness their other squadrons in other planes, just yep. like the one that they're in are getting completely shot down by flak and bullets. Yeah. They're getting torn. And it's crazy. Apart. Cause I'm thinking this entire time 
what's the difference between you getting shot and the guy next to you? A, a matter of like two or three feet. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's probably like a smaller margin than that. Maybe like two, like one and a half foot. Uh, I don't remember. Does he jump out or does somebody like shove him out of the plane? He gets shoved out. Yeah, he I'm pretty sure he gets go. he gets like thrown out and then the camera is like right next to him. It like follows him all the way down into the water. But on his way down, you get to see everything that's happening around. So other planes getting shot, dudes falling out and trying you see to parachute. Fire, like literal fucking gunfire whizzing by him. Yeah, the super bright like uh, I don't know what to call them exactly because there are certain rounds that are so hot that you can see the streak going through. And that's what you were seeing from the planes. And so a bunch of them go by him and eventually lands in the water. And then he has to like swim to shore and figure out where the fuck he's at. He has to cut his parachute and then relieve his entire bag. And this is one of the things about the movie that I was like really scared of. He just leaves his helmet. Yeah. He says, fuck it. Yeah. He just doesn't take it with him. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why he didn't take it with him, but he really was just like, I'm not going to take this with me. It was kind of like the dude with the camera where they're like, what the fuck is that going to do? Like, why do you have a camera? Yeah, like, like, it's not going to do you any the good. War. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, that's fucking dumb. He, and they he's just like, go. I need you to get rid of this because it's a spotlight. So how, I don't remember exactly how, but how do they get their mission? Like, how do they figure out that they need to go into this communications it's, tower? I mean, it's told in the plane, I believe they need to get to the tower in France, in this little place, take down the communications area. So the, okay. So they all know their mission before that. Yeah. It's probably to disrupt the enemy to be all on, on all honesty or to use it for themselves. Well, they explain that, um, they need that tower down. Yeah. So they could get their, uh, other, because the guys on the beach need aircraft. Right. They need anti-personnel aircraft, and that's what they're going to be using. So they need the tower down so it could dis- communi- uh, use the disrupting, as well as like probably fucking up where the flaks are going to be shot at. Because yeah, they, they don't have, have exact targets. Yeah, they don't have all the info. So they know what they're supposed to do as soon as they get to the ground, and they don't waste their time getting into the story. No, you see the commander from far away with boys. Uh, you see boys watching the commander, and he's like, hey, can I get a cigarette from one of you fucking krauts? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that. <laughs> just a, a Hail Mary comment from him. Yeah, just like, exactly. well, I hope they're nice. Nope. And they're laughing and they just gun him down like a dog. And right. uh, Boys wants to go attack, but the corporal, the, the silent protagonist, not really silent anymore, trying to lead his uh, band to the tower. Right, and they run into like this city or this little town just outside of where the tower is that's been overtaken by the Nazi soldiers, and they run into a um, what is it, a young girl and her grandfather? Yeah, so uh, up going up to that part, you f- you find the cameraman and you find the the New Jersey yeah, so style. Their, their dude. little group comes together, as well as a guy who's writing a book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, and he's he's talking about how he would use the guys for photographs for it and he'd be making a good amount of money and he immediately gets landmined on the way to the tower that guy is fucked (laughs) oh that sucks i remember there's a real tense scene where they're using their bayonets to try to get around it and uh it's it's kind of comical because the new jersey guy's like hey you guys want to stop fucking having tea and you know maybe fucking help me (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that's because he's poking the ground in front of him, right? With his right. with his bayonet to and see. They're like, how hard is hard? You know. <laughs> oh yeah, they're like, do it gently. He's like, what the fuck? How am I supposed to do any of this? Like, I'm just gonna blow us up if we keep doing this shit. Because they're trying to find their way through the landmines, but eventually they do figure it out. Oh, <laughs> except for that one guy. Oh. But I mean, they they you didn't know him that long. It's okay. Yeah, uh, they also come across that weird. Uh, dog looking thing in the middle of the woods so this is the first time you get to see that there's something up with the area like they are doing some weird experimental shit and one of them is fucking around with the dogs and the dog is like a weird like predator style dog like Mm -hmm. the mouth opens and everything but you don't find out until later yeah either way you know something is up with this dog because it's like bloodied and then it's like following them and then they're like what the fuck is that <laughs> like i think they even stopped to be like what the fuck is that and then then they don't say anything about it and just let it go and then they continue with their story because like all right we got a mission and then they have to like stow away in this woman's house because they need to like a headquarters basically to move forward and this is when they find out that something's up with her dad right he's like he's basically like been experimented on i think oh you're talking about her aunt or who is it who's the one in the bed like oh yeah oh yeah it's her aunt oh it's her aunt yeah it's her aunt that does that yeah and she looks all like all tumored up and scarred and she looks like a leper in all honesty yeah Yeah. Yeah. they treat her like one too oh yeah and then you find out that this piece of shit nazi likes to visit her and get some french puss yeah well he, that dude almost gets fucking murked and while he's in there but then they're like no no no, we can't like kill this dude but yeah, they're like I, I love how uh they're it's a very tense scene where the, yeah, the zombies come or not the sorry the nazis come in <laughs> and they're like oh so we're gonna probably look around your house a little right unless you want me to just you know it could just be you and me yeah and that shit's fucked up because they always have something like that. And these uh, American soldiers are looking through the floorboards yep. watching this. And uh, Boys gets fed up with it and puts his gun right to the Nazi commander's head. <laughs> and, uh, oh, there's also the real tense scene where the kid drops the baseball. Oh, fuck. And uh, He's like, what the fuck is that? So your your brother is asleep, right? Yeah, he's asleep. Boom, boom, boom. You hear yep. you know something fall off the fucking a- – in the attic. And uh, they make the little kid have the baseball and the mitt, so it looks like he just wants to play ball with somebody. And then you have he this... walks <laughs> up the stairs, like halfway up the stairs. It's ridiculous. Gives looks at the ball, coughs a fat loogie on it, and throws it back to the kid. Yeah, like fucking dick. Oof. And they're all sitting at the top of the stairs, like ready Stance. to fucking kill this dude if <laughs> he comes up the stairs. Yeah, the German, the Germans in World War Two were bigger assholes than World War One Germans were, like for sure. Because I mean, just because of how much more like uh, propagated they were during the time period. In World War One, like there was actually a break with um, where like for like New Year's Eve or Christmas, where they actually had a ceasefire and like the American troops and the uh, German troops actually had parties with each other and whatnot oh, right before going back to killing each other. Yeah, Holy they, shit. Would yeah. Play, they played football. They would give each other chocolates and sweets. They would exchange photos of family. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like when they would uh, they would do their ceasefire and then they would go into like the, the no man's land. Yeah, between. that's exactly what it was. It was because yeah. World War One was heavy trench warfare. Yep, yep. Um, there's actually a great movie that I recommend people watching that is called uh they shall never grow old which is directed by peter jackson 
And if you want like a visceral depiction of World War One, that is probably the most realistic thing you'll look at. It was more visceral than any war movie I've ever seen. I thought you were gonna say All Quiet on the Eastern Front, but that's another one. Too. No, that's a different. That's a different movie. It's, a, it's the same shit. It's like that. That trench warfare. Oh, okay, kind of gotcha. Thing, yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't have. There's no dramatization of anything. It's all just nice. like shots. It's all like. Uh, Oh, I well, remember that. Yeah, it's all it's really good. He if like you, colorized it, right? Yeah, he and colorized then, his old footage yeah. and then they had voice actors come in yeah. and do the sounds and everything. He put a story on to what yeah, he, he was looking veterans at. Veterans are talking about it in yeah. the background. They just are talking about their experiences. Holy shit. And it's a really good movie, um but I don't want to digress too much, but it's a very good movie and I recommend people watch now, it. That sounds like something that's really interesting. There's a lot of dude, there's a lot of shit about World War 2 and about Nazis and shit like that. Yeah. Like the reason why they're able to do all their blitzkrieg attacks because they're all on meth yeah that's another that's a whole other thing like it was like definitely encouraged by the german army they were like time. making these crazy pills Those. that they would give to them and they would take these and it's the only reason why they were able to do like the blitzkrieg attack for like three days straight because yep. they're all on fucking meth and they're just going through their jobs like that no sleep yeah yeah so it's like there's like a whole podcast on it if I you want to go listen to that <laughs> um just to stipulate that they shall never grow old is about world war one specifically yeah that's just just to stipulate. It doesn't cover. It doesn't cover <laughs> World War Two. That's legit, though. Definitely something you should check out. But so continuing on Overlord. Yeah. Yeah. They they beat the Nazi commander up and they bag him with a potato bag and tie him up in the <laughs> attic. And then they're like, "What the fuck are we gonna do? Because <laughs> this guy is fucking tied up." They come back. Uh, the other two characters, the cameraman and the. Uh, the Jersey boy, they come back after doing some scouting and they see the compound out when they found that they found that bodies were going in. Yeah. And it's like heavily secured. So they're like, why the fuck is this communications tower so well guarded? It should right. not be that well guarded if it's just like communications. So then we have the thing where they start interrogating uh, the commander. Yep. And it's very intense because uh, Corporal is not, t- not holding back at all. Nope. He's Pistol about to carve this, this dude like up. Nothing. <laughs> pistol whipping him cutting him up what's the information is what or something he says something along the lines of that well i mean like does doesn't it get sort of revealed at some point that he is not just like that unit that ranking that he's kind of been sent on a special mission there yeah he's like he's basically like overseeing the lab that's there and one of these one of these nazi doctors I believe he. I don't know if he lets too much onto that though. He kind of keeps a lot of that hush hush. Yeah. Them. Are you talking about the American or the German? The German. Oh, well, okay. they both kind of have yeah, like the, ulterior things that they've the corp- been sent there the for. The corporal was sent on this mission to overlook it on like bad terms. He is a very uh, visceral kind of warrior. Is what they're explaining in the plane. He like yeah. he he does the fucked up shit that no one else wants to do. Yeah, they establish that he's gonna be ready to kill some people. He takes all the renegade options instead of the paragon <laughs> right. options. <laughs> exactly. And so they like sneak into the compound, right? In a vehicle? Uh no, Boys goes on his own to check it out. No, no, no. Boys is trying to f- uh meet up with the other guys who were That's on right. the lookout, and then he gets fucking taken into the castle by accident <laughs> by accident because he's gonna get cornered by these nazis so he just jumps into the into the truck, into the truck with, with all the these bodies dead americans yep. with them yep. and, and hides then, himself very very well underneath a couple of them gets in and discovers that there's something weird going on there's all these labs where they're doing experiments on people and he finds all the syringes and whatnot yep. and how they're like inserting this liquid into them 
He looks through a little peepee hole and sees all kinds of fucked up people inside of him. So I didn't. I don't think I fully understood what this shit was. Is it like the opposite of the super soldier serum? Like it's, it made them like fucked so, up looking. So this is the reference I was dying to make for this movie because it makes like a direct reference to Herbert West's The Reanimator, which oh, is an H.P. Lovecraft what? story. Um, where this doctor, it's basically like Lovecraft's Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, and so he basically goes along and makes this serum that brings the dead back. And they're a lot more violent and awful afterwards. Yep. So it, it definitely takes that directly and puts that in there. Basically, you know, the Nazis take this serum and they make, they, they use it on their dead and their dead come back much stronger. Yeah. And uh, basically impervious to do, to death, basically. Uh, what also what I got from these, uh, people and the zombies and the Nazis that were using it was also the fact that the more evil that they were, or the more like sinister and sadistic that they were, the more powerful it made them as well. That's also a possibility. Like, uh, the commander for sure. That dude was twisted. Yeah. He becomes way more like crazy. Yeah. The, the commander took like two or three of those syringes. Yeah. Though, he just fucking it. like yokes himself up on that. Yeah. Well, he's alive too. Yeah. To, to counter, to counteract that they do use it after, after, uh, the, uh, photographer boy gets shot. Yeah. It should, it should be noted though, that they talk about the origin of the liquid as well a little bit. Yeah. Uh, also, another fun fact, though, we're doing Reanimator with Return of the Living Dead, so yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad we made that reference back full circle. <laughs> Reanimator's great. I love that movie. So, um, they talk about how they found this tar underneath the chapel, and that it is God's gift, and God wanted us to use this so we could have a thousand-year army for the Reich. <laughs> yeah, of course. They always got to mention the thousand-year Reich because it's in every fucking Nazi movie. <laughs> that was like the <laughs> ultimate goal for them. Was One the, thousand, the thousand years, years, Morty. One thousand <laughs> years of fascism, Morty. You and me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, so they derive this serum from it, and that's what they're using to yoking up these people. He grabs a serum and returns back to the, uh, the house somehow. Yep. And he's like, check this shit out. And then uh, they're really confused as what the fuck this is. The commander is shitting his pants. Well, one of their friends is injured at this point, right? No, no, no. So the commander is shitting his pants about this, and they're still trying to get answers. He's not budging. So uh, they're deciding they're going to move him somewhere else. And that's when the photography boy goes upstairs by himself, and he gets fucked up by the commander. The commander bunts him. That's right stabs him with the knife and then shoots him twice in the chest and then everyone freaks out and they go upstairs and they're trying to seduce or you know um sedate him back into being a fucking captive and they actually get to do so but they're like what the fuck is going on like like boys comes back he's freaking out about what he just saw i thought they injected that dude and then he's like i'm fine everything's cool and then he goes fucking nuts they're out they're all sad because boys is trying to do medical procedure on him and then he as a last effort, uses the syringe on the photographer. Yep. Yeah. And then he pops up and he's like, everything's fine. Oh, wow. I feel great. And then let slowly, me drink your water. Yeah. Slowly starts getting really fucking. He realizes that he's not doing well. He's like, I, I feel really fucking hot in here. Is it hot in here? He's like stripping down. Yeah. And then he uh, he's like, I'm really fucking hot. And he he just barely taps a beam in the attic and it Breaks fucking it. cracks like yeah. completely. And they realize that he's a super soldier of some sort, but he 
is not himself and he's starting to get violent. Yep, immediately gets violent and that's what they realize is is what the serum does to people is it increases their strength, it makes them a lot more volatile depending on what kind of person they are. He didn't seem to be too crazy compared to some of the other people. And then it only slightly warped how he looked. Yeah. So then after that, he started swinging a knife at people who were trying to help him. And that's when they had to put him down like a dog and shoot him a bunch. But as zombies do, you could never just shoot him in the gut. Right. You got to fucking shoot him in the head. <laughs> that's when boys comes out with the gun and just starts bashing his fucking skull in into the attic. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's... You see a nice uh, pomegranate jam on that shit. I mean, you see a lot of a lot of character development on on Boyce throughout the movie as well. Because at first they talk about how he's really timid and he won't kill things, and he's not really that into it. He's also the linguist among them too. He's the only one that can actually speak French. Oh yeah, and they describe the story of the mouse. Do you remember that one? Yes, right, yeah, where he won't kill the mouse, and then the mouse comes back. Starts eating everything and whatnot. I don't yeah. remember the rest of the story, though. So there's a mouse inside the barracks. They tell him to kill it. He releases the mouse into the wilderness. The mouse comes back and shits all over the commander's pillow. So then the commander makes them do intense exercises because boys won't kill a fucking mouse. And that's the show, like, his little timid nature. You know, he is a nice person. He won't kill if he has to. Um, and the female... French uh, lead, she takes interest of this. And she's kind of a badass herself, though, in the movie. At first, you know, she's kind of just trying to get by. Oh, dude, we also have to talk about that fucking narc of a neighbor, dude. Oh, the one who's just, like, always watching what's going on? No, no, no. She's like, hey, what are you doing outside? Oh, I'm just trying to get home. Oh, my God, you're outside a curfew. Starts blowing the fucking whistle. Yeah, that shit was so annoying. I was just like, you fucking cuck. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You boot boot liquor. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you you piss off a military person. Call him a fucking boot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's how you get kicked out of Facebook groups. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you about that? I got kicked out of that Marine Facebook group. Oh, no. Don't yeah, that close. shit was hilarious. You called someone a boot? Well, I called a bunch of people bootlickers. And then uh, what did they say? Though they were talking about how, like, the military needs to have their guns and the people need to have, like, their private ownership of guns. And I was like, sounds like something a bootlicker would say. And they, were, they fucking lost it. They were like, what the fuck? What are you even doing in this fucking group? Oh, and, like, getting so and then mad. I, like, replied and I kept replying, okay, boomer. And then they just kicked me out. Anyway, uh, so back to Overlord. Right, right. So what happens next? He's in the compound, right? They're going to make a plan to get in the compound. And the thing is, they... The guy, the commander escapes. He breaks through his chains. He uh, sounds the alarm and he's trying to get into a car. And that's when they have to blow their cover. Yep. And dude, the Jersey boy, he could fucking shoot, man. That guy makes all of his shots. He's a sniper. Oh, he that's kills right. kills it, dude. Mm-hmm. He's making his shots on mark, headshots and all. And then that's when he scrapes the dude's face and like shoots him. But they stole the main lead care, uh, woman's uh brother the little, uh, the little kid the little kid and that's where they've gone too far with this woman she's just like oh nope i'm gonna fucking go she grabs an stg 44 some grenades and she's ready to fuck shit up <laughs> and that's when uh the commander and boys start going on their mission in there and uh 
I say halfway through there. Well, they, they find the place that boys went through in the sewers and they go in there and on the way in there, uh, fucking, Oh, it should be noted before the first time that that boys found the Jewish person inside there and he was being tested on. Uh, he had tubes. He's like still hooked up <laughs> when there, they find him. Yeah. So he was going to be like a big test subject on him, but they got him out. They gave him some clothes. And now he's shooting. So this is their plan. They have, uh, oh shit. The, the lady, she attracts someone and makes their, makes them chase her down in a fucking motorcycle with a car, a sidecar. Yep. And then she beats the living, or they don't, she doesn't beat the <laughs> shit out of them, but the guys come in, they fucking kick his ass, and they strap a bunch of explosives on his car. Yep. And then they, they send it into the front. Send it in there, and they're just like, what's up? What's up? They're like, his hands are tied. Oh, his mouth is open. And then yeah. they, they rip off the tape of his mouth, and it reveals a detonator yep. that starts. The <laughs> fucking awesome. bike explodes, the entire fucking. Uh, Wagon explodes and just people are on fire burning. And that's when you got your Jersey boy and the Jewish guy sniping and machine gunning. And it's kind of hard for the machine gun guy, but he's, he's getting some kills. He's like, I'm, I'm manning a two arm, two guy weapon by myself. Fucking give me some time to reload. The guy's like, ah, shit, I don't got time to reload, but they're, they're unleashing on these guys. And that's when, uh, boys and the three of them go in. Right. And that's uh, uh, Ford is with them, right? That's his name. Yeah, Ford, Ford is the Ford is the American corporal. Yeah, and he goes fucking ham. He goes in there, but he gets caught up with the main guy, uh, who I think his his name his last name is is Waffner. 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 There you go, Captain Waffner. Yeah, and he's already fucking mutated, and he finds Ford and just fucking hangs him on a meat hook. Yep. Just like straight through his back and just leaves him dangling there while he's like dealing with Boyce and the other people there. I think he shoved it in his stomach because because he has to pull it out like from underneath. Because Ford it pulls himself yeah. off the hook from yep. the front. Yeah, you are right. Yeah. And it's just, pretty gnarly. Um it should be noted that Ford set up all the explosives in the tower. Yep. And Boyce set up all the explosives in the lab. And the female character, I don't remember her name. Oh Chloe. Chloe's her name. Chloe uh, finds her son or her finds these two Germans walking around and she demands that one of them brings her uh, brother back and she finds them and they're like, we don't know where your brother is. And she just immediately caps one of them in the head and she's like, you're going to tell me where my brother is. Right. So they're going to bring her to the experimental guy who is in the little hidey hole peep, peeping tom room yes but he's like no he's not in there he's over here and they find his, uh the kid uh almost strapped up ready to go and they they are escaping with him but then the peeping tom guy comes through and breaks through and tries to fucking kill boys and the woman yes but they get away you want to talk about his uh is like his how he looks <laughs> with the the evil character like the villain the, not the main villain but the the side the the mini boss right I yeah know. <laughs> they open up the guy that's in the cage it's super crazy oh, and it gets Jesus. opened yeah and he starts chasing i think it's he chases boys around yeah dude this this whole like once they were in the compound it started looking like a video game where it's like you're going through like the levels and shit mm -hmm. <laughs> and then all the people you went into are like the bosses and stuff it was very like a doom-esque yeah, vibe <laughs> 
the the laboratory was super video game like just dark is like there's a circular area around yeah it, exactly full of uh tables and like vials <laughs> and then they had to make their way through and it was all claustrophobic as fuck the scientist comes up to the boys puts a gun to his head and is gonna fucking cap him off boys actually uses a hand-to-hand combat pretty well and makes the guy stab himself and then you have uh, the other guy who gets fucked up by the flamethrower from Chloe. <laughs> she goes in, she straps up the flamethrower and just unleashes it on this mini boss. <laughs> he burns and yeah. he just dies. And that's when she gets her brother out of there and he's he's fine. And you have a really hilarious scene because the Jewish guy and the Jersey guy, they regroup to the town. And you see this little kid running in the middle of gunfire, like thousands of rounds being shot. He's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. I can't believe I'm not dead yet. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Yori. Fucking, fucking Jojo Rabbit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. And the, the Jersey guy's like, ah, oh, I guess I'll be that guy. And he's a, he's a hero. He runs out, jumps in front of a car, grabs the kid, and gets shot on his yep. way back to bring the kid into safety. Yep. And he dies. No, he doesn't. I know. Just oh, kidding. <laughs> He's he act- survives yeah, his he's wounds. Lives. Yeah, he gets really shot. Hyped on I was glad he didn't die. Yeah, he gets to the very end, and they, when they're able to like get out and t- go talk to him. But before that, there's a final epic battle with Ford, and what was the guy's name? Uh, in uh, in uh, Ford and uh, Waffner. Yeah, where he like he's like I'm gonna inject myself with like three of these different things and show back up, and he looks fucking terrifying. Some good oh yeah, no, he's he's me- he's just absolutely scary looking he's ripped yeah he's fucking he's ripped sweating up. like crazy his jaw he's, he's is like dripping <laughs> his, like his eyes are like an amber orange yep and they just go they fucking go for it they start fighting each other and then i think does he set off a bomb in there ford actually puts up a thing in there he puts one of the syringes inside him and tries to fend off the the antagonist and then uh boys is in there He's like, boys, you got to put the timer on the fucking thing. And he's like, I don't want anyone to know that this stuff was here. We got to bury the shit down here so no one could ever dig this stuff up and deal with it. So uh, he shoots the bomb inside the laboratory. And uh, all these zombies that were being commanded by the commander are all burning with the commander who fell down the well. Yeah, into like the tar that they're pulling it from. Yeah, and then after that... Uh, Ford locks the room up and says, you need to go out there and put the timer on there and complete the mission. I will no longer be yeah, a part of Yeah, he kind of, like, forces him to because he, like, yeah. he like locks him out of the area it's and he can't do anything. such a sad moment to you. like, it no. Because he doesn't like, want to leave him there. Yeah. Boys is literally just trying to uh, reason with him. He's, he's like, we could fix this. We could make you go back. It doesn't have to be this way. And... Ford is in his intent is to bury all this shit in the ground and have no one deal with it. Yep. He doesn't want anything to reach the surface at all. Um, and uh, then he locks himself in there. He forces Boyce to run. And then you just see Boyce, this super sad dude, just like, no. That's an order, soldier. Yeah, exactly. That's a good line, too. And then, uh, then you have the timer going off and the entire castle crumbling down yeah he's got to get out as it's crumbling (laughs) it's super intense he's like trying to i mean it's all one shot isn't it yes it's like a continuous shot of him running like all the way from the inside of the compound to the outside that total video game mentality where it's just running through every room yes you have a timer now and you get the fuck out (laughs) 
he does make it out. He gets back, and then on their radio, they hear that the D-Day invasion was a success. Yeah, and then he gets interviewed by a marshal, yeah. commanding person. They want to know what the fuck happens. They're like, is there anything worth noting under there? And he says no, because yep. he doesn't want anybody to know anything that happened. And it's nope. funny, because he's like, no, really? And if you if you were lying to me, I would know. And uh, you're telling the truth 100%. Yes. Oh, perfect. I knew nothing was in there. <laughs> I know. He just lets it go. He's like, whatever, man. <laughs> and then they get moved to uh, Charlie Company. Yep. And they're like, hey, we're going to Charlie Company. And they're like, really? After all we've fucking been through, man? Right. Yeah. The war keeps going. I feel like that must be the most aggravating shit because you can't explain to people what the fucked up things you've seen. Nope. Super classified stuff anyways. Yeah, definitely. There's always, always conspiracy theories about what the Nazis were up to as far as experimental things. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it makes it makes for some good plot lines. It fits <laughs> right into, like, the real-world history. You get to add in stories like that. It's kind of like what uh, Inglorious Bastards did. I like these alternative history takes. Yeah. Although in that one, they actually kill Hitler, which is hilarious. Yeah, that's mm. a good one. <laughs> uh... I liked Overlord. I did. I liked Overlord. I loved it the first time I watched it. I thought it was really, really well done because of the pacing. Like, I never felt like I was bored watching it. Yeah. Like, they definitely, like, throw you right into the action, and then you get to calm down a bit as they, like, figure out what their plan is. Mm -hmm. But they're still on edge the whole time. There's not really a moment to relax. I mean, how many movies do you have? That, how many often do you see a war horror movie? Not often, you know, so it was a good mix. Specifically, where they where they tie in the idea. I mean, we're clearly, clearly for this episode, we're obviously doing like a, a Nazi zombie like uh, uh, theme for this particular episode, and it was pretty. It was very cool to see a, a war movie that was very much very much lined up with horror. I mean, war is horrifying in itself, but then to actually add like classic elements of horror like this, right? Some sci-fi and some uh, cryptic stuff from uh, the occult. Well, it took all of its pieces seriously when they were making the action bits, when they were showing all of like what the military was doing, that was all like real. Like that could have been a movie by itself. Mm -hmm. That's and what then I was thinking. They combined the, the Nazis and the zombies and mashed it into it. And it worked really well in this case, because they were able to explain like what they were doing. After seeing that intro scene, I was like, dude, this is a really good war movie already. Yeah. Shit. That was fucking gnarly. And I was like, I'm, there's Nazis in this too. What uh, like Nazi zombies? Oh my gosh, what a treat! I need to see the rest of this movie. <laughs> have you uh, have you seen Dunkirk? Uh, not yet. Holy shit! I wanted to. Yeah, they ha they basically have the scene which is in almost like all the war movies, but like when they're on the boat and it opens out onto the shore and you just see soldiers come out and they're just mowed down. Oh uh, yeah. Just, they have that shot, but like from someone looking onto like the people in the front. Mm -hmm. They just do all sorts of crazy shit like that. Overall, I thought this movie was a lot of fun. It's really well made, and I wish more people were talking about it and, ta and it saw it. It did pretty well. I mean, like, it got a, a high score. It was, like, 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then as far as, like, its budget, like, its budget was uh, $38 million and it made $41.7 So, like, wow. it, made, it made it. It didn't lose money, but it didn't make that much either. So mm -hmm. people weren't too stoked just on barely it. Yeah, like just barely made them their money back. So you're not going to see a sequel anytime soon. Yeah. I don't think it needs a sequel either. No, I feel it's like a good standalone. It's, it's, pretty much, it's pretty much one and done. I'm cool with this standalone. I like the HP Lovecraft reference. I mm -hmm. like the weird, unexplainable tar from France that we don't yep. really know much about. That's true. 
Um, it should also be noted that the director was Julius Avery, and it was produced by J.J. Abrams. So, Oh, interesting. Oh, familiar, Very interesting. Familiar, familiar people who are doing stuff like that. And uh, what else did he make? I think that was like one of the only ones that he had made. But that was like the main people. And then it was starring um, Jovan Adepo. I think is the main black guy that you were seeing in the film who mm-hmm. plays Boyce. Yeah, that is that is his name. Yeah. And then you had Wyatt Russell as the main commander or a corporal who is now. So those were like the two main guys, and you've definitely seen them in a bunch of other things. Either way, it's worth the watch. I would watch that one probably over again just because there's probably stuff I missed the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pacing for me was really good. The script is really good. They didn't seem too like stereotypical for the characters that they were, and it all meshed well. Like they were actually like soldiers; they yeah, weren't playing like fake versions of them. Touching on the whole like zombie aspect, a lot of zombie movies are super campy, you know. Not it's almost not, always, it, yeah. yeah, always. And so this one, they were quite serious about basically everything that's going on, so that nobody was. There's not a lot of joking moments. <laughs> no, there's there like, really wasn't. They've got some badass moments. Yeah, you know. Like like Ford ripping the hook out of himself to lift himself off of that hook was was pretty fucking gnarly just to watch that in general, um, and then some great ca- character development for Boyce's character as well because he starts off really timid and then once he gets into the fray of everything he really starts to develop, and like start but he still maintains his gotta save everyone sort of demeanor. I like the serious take on the zombie film, like this and the war film, and it was a really good mesh of the two. And there's a lot of mystery around it, and it doesn't get explained, and that's what is kind of horrifying as well. Yeah, that's true. This could not be the only place that they were doing these kinds of experiments. Yeah, exactly. This has to have just been, like, one place that they had found and got rid of, but there's got to be, like, other places. Definitely. Um, This is not really overloaded, but it is World War II movie-oriented. A new movie came out not too long ago that was sort of a, a comedic take on um, World War Two and um, oh, that's like right. the, Nazi, the Nazi groups and whatnot. It's a film that pretty much just pokes fun at them the whole time, and uh, it's called Jojo Rabbit. And I uh, saw it in theaters not too long ago, and it was a great satirical take on that time period, and really pokes fun at like at like propagandization and uh, things like that. And it was it was a really good take, though, a really good take on like sort of like a coming of age story. And also, but it's not really a horror movie. I wouldn't say you'll laugh your ass off though. And it's like, what was it called again? The Jojo rabbit directed by Taika Waititi. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. It's more of a dark comedy. Yeah. Starring uh, Scarlett Johansson as well. Shit. Yeah. She actually has, she has, does a really good job in that one too. I liked all, a lot of her scenes in that movie too. She does a really good job. She plays the mom, but uh, I recommend seeing that even though it's not really in the same vein. But if you, if you want to see Nazis get blown up, or if you want to just see a movie that just pokes fun at that whole regime in general, this is a good one. That's definitely a good one. But hell yeah! And then also uh, we've got we've got some like side segments that we're working with as well. Yes. So I think now we've got three different ones, right? Yes. You want to talk about yours a real real quick? So I haven't done a newer episode just yet, but I started it off. I did uh, I did afterthoughts with Jonathan and that was just some things I might've forgotten during the podcast that I wanted to bring forth and talk about. 
And so I did that. I did the first episode of that. And then Murr did his segment as well. Yeah, it should be coming in, in the next couple of days or weeks. Uh, Monsters with Murr, where we discuss, or I, myself, I discuss monster movies in general, whether they're big or small in anime or TV shows and movies. Uh, right now, I'm going to be diving into Godzilla because I'm doing the 35 movie challenge. And until after that, I mean, for a while, I'm going to have a good amount of content. So if you like the Godzilla episode where I went in depth on my nerd, my nerd, my nerd out, basically, that's what that's going to be like. And then I'm doing a uh, horror and video games with Mitch. I couldn't think of a catchier title for it. So I just <laughs> went with that. Uh, and I've so far I've covered uh, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, which was a fantastic game. And then I yeah. just did Doom 2016, which will be going up in the coming yeah. weeks. That first one that you mentioned is already out on uh, all of our streaming services. So yeah. you can go watch it. And it's, it's very short. short. Yeah. yeah, it's a very short take, but it might encourage you to go play the game. Yep. Um, and then I plan on doing The Witcher and Alien Isolation. Oh, yeah. And covering the horror elements in those games as well. But I'm a giant baby when it comes to horror video games. So this is really like a big challenge for me. It's really a big challenge for me to play these games because they scare me so much more than any movie can or any book. <laughs> yeah. Like I just I just get so freaked out with horror games. Like I want to do Dead Space also. That game freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, and, oh, and so I'm, I'm every time ready I thought things were chill and I was like gonna have a moment to breathe, some crazy creature would pop out of someone and then your fucking game would push you into a corner and you're like, oh fuck, I need to like handle this right now. Yeah. Uh and that's about all I've got to say about that. Cool. Well, then, before I let everybody go, I want to remind you all that we're super easy to find on all the streaming services. We're on all of the main ones. Just search Bringing Down the Grindhouse. We're on Spotify. Um, We're on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts. And we are also on SoundCloud and iHeartRadio. And there are some smaller ones we're on as well for Stitcher and for CastBox. So any one of those, you can find us by searching Bringing Down the Grindhouse. And we've also got our social media. So we have the Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, which are all the BDTGH underscore podcasts. And you can find us at any one of those, leave comments or suggestions for like future episodes and whatnot. But thanks guys for coming out to talk about these. I hope everyone has a good night. I'm Mitch. I'm Murr. And I'm Jonathan. Good night.